We've got some props up here today just for illustration. And uh, so don't think we're just doing something weird. Uh, this is going to actually play into the message in a little bit. And uh, I'm excited about the series that we're in. We're in a series called Freedom. We're in a series called Freedom. You know, an antonym of freedom or the opposite or the antithesis of freedom is imprisonment. How many of you know that people can be imprisoned by their sin? They can be imprisoned by feeling uh, inadequate. They can, they can be imprisoned by sickness or a broken heart. How many of you know a broken heart can really uh, cause somebody to be imprisoned and captive and, and uh, addictions and, and uh, different things in their life that they kind of find themselves in a box. They find themselves, uh, you know, just captive, you know. Uh, and, and I believe today that, that God is going to begin to touch your life because he's an expert in setting the captives free. Do you believe that? He's an expert of setting us free, and and I'm going to talk about that today. Before we do, we're really basing this series off of the five benefits of the blood of Jesus. And uh, you might hear about the blood of Jesus a lot around here because it's so important that we understand what the blood of Jesus accomplishes in our life. Am I right about it? So if we can say these five benefits together, I believe that it's going to be powerful because the Bible says that those that, that begin to, they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So when you begin to declare about the blood of Jesus, you're going to start to feel free already. How many of you believe that? I believe God's going to break some chains today and God's going to set some people free today. Do you believe that? Before we get started, let's pray for the people of Houston and let's pray for Florida. We have Megan and Camilo here. They're running away from the storm. You're smart. I would do the same thing. Uh, and, and let's pray for these areas. Man, there's stuff going on all over. I mean, there's an earthquake over in Mexico. They're expecting like a tsunami at California. There's fires going on. There, there's another hurricane behind the one that's coming. What is going on? I think what's going on is Jesus is coming back soon. The Bible says that there will be a time when uh, the earth will actually groan for his coming. And how many of you know that we, we, can, actually, we can actually be a part of, of um, sharing the gospel and, and these catastrophes, we can stop it by our prayers. Do you believe that? Jesus commanded the winds, the waves, and the same authority that he gave uh, Jesus, that God gave Jesus, Jesus gave to us. How many of you want to just pray for our neighbors in Houston today? Pray for people that are in Florida, that God protects their homes. Come on, if you feel comfortable, lift your hands. Lift your hands, and, and let's pray together. Lord, we just pray for every person that's been affected from this storm in Houston, Lord, and the surrounding areas, God. We pray that you begin to bless them, God. You begin to comfort them. And in the midst of losing everything, they can still see your goodness, God. They can still have faith, Lord. They can still have hope, God. I pray that you comfort them and you be with them in this time. And we just come against this storm in the name of Jesus. We pray that it it gets away from us. Lord, and we pray that you protect by the blood of Jesus every house in Florida and everything that's there, Lord. We pray today that you protect your people. We just love you. We honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, 
Amen. Let's put those uh, benefits on the screen, and, uh, and we're going to read this together. Are you ready? By the blood of Jesus, I am delivered from all the power of the enemy. How many of you are excited about that? By the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. All, that word all means all in the Greek. It means everything. All your sins are forgiven. Number three, by the blood of Jesus, I am cleansed. Number four, by the blood of Jesus, I am justified. This is just as you have never sinned. That's what justification means. And by the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified. That's a fancy word for saying I'm set apart. I've got the nature of God in me. If you believe that, can you just give God a hand? If you believe it, if you really do believe it. The real springboard uh, scripture that's for this series is in Ephesians 1.7. And it says this. It says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins, forgave our sins. We're going to focus on that second benefit today, that second benefit that by the blood of Jesus, all your sins are forgiven. Look at your neighbor and say all. Now we're getting it from this scripture, Hebrews 10, 19, and 20. It says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly, say boldly, Enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Now, some of us might be familiar with with what this is actually saying, uh, but we want to explain it. How many of you know if, if we are going to enter God boldly, we have to really understand what it is to be forgiven? Am I right about it? It's like you have a VIP pass to God in his throne. You have a VIP pass because of the blood of Jesus. You can go straight to God. When you believe in Jesus, you can go straight to God and you have access. Uh, not too long ago, we had Martin, Martin Smith here in town and we were able to hang out with him. And he said, you know what, I'm going to give you backstage passes. And I was like, okay, but they didn't tell me what to do. They were like, just go in the front, give your name. And uh, I went in the front and I was like, my name is Evan Pitts. I'm supposed to have some kind of pass. And she said, well, we have some like Edward Pitts. I was like, that's me, I guess. I guess I'm Edward. And, uh, and I was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. And, uh, and I had a few people with me. And, and at that point, I, I didn't feel that confident. Like, first of all, they didn't get my name right. And uh, then I'm like, I'm, I'm going in into the, the uh, stadium or the, the arena, and I'm telling the people, like, I, this, I have a backstage pass. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back here with Martin Smith. I know him. They were like, no, I don't think you have a backstage pass. I think you can uh, sit on the floor. And I was like, I, I, but I know him. He, he talked to me. I'm not, at this time, I'm feeling like a little um, disappointed about it. I'm not feeling confident about it. And we're sitting on the floor, and I'm thinking, man, I had this grandiose idea about me, you know, being with him or whatever in the back. And they were like, nope, you're not special. You're not. You're just not, you're not special enough to go in the back. But he actually came out and greeted us, and it was like, it was like, see, I know him. See, 
<laughs> but a lot of people approach God that way. They, they're not too confident. They're not too confident in what the blood has done for them. And so they, they think they can go to God, but there's all these like, oh, I don't know. I, who am I? And, and where do I fit? And, and what about these things that's in my life? And, but God wants you to boldly enter the presence of God. God wants you to boldly go to him because he's your father. How many of you know he's good? He's a good father. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says this. For God was in Christ reconciling. Now, I want you to look at that word reconciling. Circle it, put a star by it, highlight it, and, uh, and focus on that for a minute. In Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Reconciliation. We have to understand this word, reconciliation. It's a fancy word, but the root word of reconciliation actually comes from this word that is exchange of money. So there is an exchange in reconciliation. I went out to eat with a, with a pastor, a friend of mine, in, in New Orleans a couple of days ago, and, and I was like, I got this. I want to take you out to eat. And, uh, and <clears throat> I got there, and the bill came, and he was like, I got you covered. I got you covered. He said, I don't want you to pay. And I was like trying to tell the, wait, the waiter, like, hey, I got it. No, I got it. He was like, no, he said it first. I was like, fine. He said, I got you covered. How many of you know that we are covered by the blood of Jesus? He paid a price. He's got us covered. He's got us covered. The title of my message today is covered, covered. Look at your neighbor and say, you are covered. See, when we gain understanding about this forgiveness, when we gain understanding about what God actually did and we fully understand it, then we can enter into a greater level of blessing in our life. And so how many of you want to just say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zone in here because I'm going to believe that God's going to give me new understanding and revelation so that I can be at another level with Jesus. Do you believe that? You believe that today? Uh, I think it was about a week or two ago, Leah, she was... Um, blow drying her hair, she put um, the blow dryer, worship was awesome today, by the way, it was so good, how many of you could just do that for a few more hours, so good, uh, she was uh, blow drying her hair, and uh, she put, um, she put, you know, uh, she plugged it in, when she plugged in the blow dryer, all the lights in the house begin to get dim, and so she unplugged it, she plugged it back in. All of the lights in the house and the, and the, the blow dryer started sounding like it was going to cut out and then it would go back on like, and we were like, what is going on? And the kids ran downstairs and said, there's something burning up here. There's a chemical smell up here. And uh, I, was, I actually wasn't there. Leah um, ran and, and called my dad and he comes over and the surge protector upstairs was actually burning it was burning. It was, it was on fire. And uh, every time we would turn something on in the house, it would just glitch and, and start to freak out. So I was like, man, I'm turning off everything, my ACs, everything. I'm sitting in the dark because I don't know anything about electrical. I wish I did, but I'm ignorant about it. I want to know about electrical, but I don't know what's going on. I know I should know I'm a guy. I should know, you know, you got your, your, your black wire, your ground, your white wire, all that stuff. But I, I'm, I'm not too confident. I kind of think like um, I might just uh, 
kill myself if I mess with it. All I know is you turn off the breaker. That's all I know. Turn off the breaker and call the electrician. That's about the extent of it. And so I did, you know, we called a few people and they were like, I can't get there till like Wednesday. We're like, yeah, but it's Friday. And they're like, I, I'm sorry. And we kept calling people and calling people. And, uh, and man, I thought, man, we're going to have to sit in the dark in a hot house for a few uh, nights. And I actually, uh, I called Cameron. Cameron came over, and uh, he was like, yeah, you know, the voltage and this and that and everything coming in. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pretending like I knew what he was talking about. Yeah, man, that, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And he was like, I, you know, I come out here, I kind of look at And he, you know, he looks at it, and he's like, oh, that's your problem right there. That's your problem. You have this disconnect and, the, you know, it's energy and energy's problem and, and the power's not really coming in. He's, like, explaining to, to me, and I'm like, I don't get it, man, but can we just fix it? And, uh, and he fixed it, and we had our power. But, you know, a lot of times in our life, a lot of times we're kind of in the dark and we're expecting other people to get us where we need to go. We're expecting a service to get us where we want to go. We expect a pastor to get, get us where we want to go. We, we, uh, we are in the dark a lot of times because we really don't understand and our understanding is kind of dull and we're not able to really just fix the things in our life because we don't fully understand it. And, and how many of you know that when you know Jesus, you don't need a pastor, you don't need anybody else in your life that is able to, to, you don't need anybody else's approval. All you need is Jesus. Am I right about it? You don't need people's approval when you know what the blood has done. As a matter of fact, it can get dangerous because if you don't know the Bible for yourself, then you can accept, like, condemnation from other people. And you can make, you know, people start to, like, make, you just start to have these theories and ideas. But how many of you know that Jesus set us free and he wants you to feel it? If you're in, always living in a constant state of condemnation, then we have to really get a grasp and an understanding of the blood of Jesus. Because when you understand it, you got the VIP pass. It doesn't matter. People's approval does not matter. You've got the VIP pass. And, uh, and I believe today that God is just spiritually going to put the VIP pass around your neck, and you're going to walk straight into the presence of God, and you're going to spawn yourself being free. Do you all want to believe that today? And so Jesus, our God, he gives us a picture. You know, we have a God of pictures. He loves pictures. Actually, in the Hebrew alphabet, every letter represents, it's a picture. So God works in pictures. And so God wants to give us a picture and teach us about the blood of Jesus. And he did it, he did it starting out by uh, telling his people to make a tent of meetings or a tabernacle. Now, a tabernacle was there because God said, I'm going to dwell in that tabernacle. And now, the cool thing about the tab tabernacle, you say, that does not sound cool. I'm about to get there. It is pretty cool. You're like, tabernacle, priest, come on. This is, no, no, no. When we begin to understand it, we begin to uh, find freedom. Am I right about it? And so, the cool thing about the tabernacle is it had an outer court, an inner court, and it had the Holy of Holies right here. It was, it was three parts. And, and the thing about the tabernacle that was really cool is Jesus said, I want to give you a blueprint of what heaven is like. How cool is that? 
I'm going to give you a blueprint of what heaven is like. It talks about it in Hebrews 9, and it says, this is how you access heaven. Oh, my gosh. You're giving me a blueprint. You're giving me a picture of how to access the very presence of the creator of the universe. I want to sink my teeth into this because I don't want to serve a God, try to serve a God that I don't really know. If we're going to do this Christian thing, let's get up close to him. Amen? And so the tabernacle, the tabernacle had a few parts, and we could talk about this for weeks, but I'm just going to hit the highlights. At the beginning of the tabernacle, you would walk in, and there's something right here that would be called, uh, it's the altar, right? It's the brazen altar. This is where sacrifices started. You would go past here, and you would go to a, um, a like a watering hole. It's a, a lever. You would just begin to wash. Then you would get past that place into the inner court, and uh, only priests could go in here, and you would have a lampstand, and you would have incense, and you would have showbread. You would have these things that represent the heavens. It represents spiritual work. And you, you would find yourself to go into the Holy of Holies, there was a veil. Look at your neighbor and say veil. There was a veil. There was a curtain. It was thick. It was strong. And, and they, they would test it by putting two oxen uh, on each side of the curtain and try to rip it apart, uh, and it, it wouldn't rip. It was thick. It was a big curtain. Now, behind the curtain is where God dwelled. Behind the curtain is where his presence was. It was thick. It was like a cloud, and it was there. It was, it was surrounding this thing called the mercy seat. How many of you are glad you serve a merciful God? It was a thing called the mercy seat. It was in a chest, and the chest had three things in it. It had manna, it had the tablets in it, and it had Aaron's rod that budded. And these all represent the, the things in our life. When we get in the presence of God, how many of you know God provides? He gives us revelation. He gives us anointing. He gives us pictures. He gives us, he causes us, he gives us direction, right? In the presence of God is where he dwelled. Now, in order to get into the presence, you would have to bring a lamb to the altar. And the priest would have to actually, I need a, I need a little lamb. Where's the little, I need a, I need, Sheikha, you, you've, been, you've been great illustrations lately. They had a great college uh, meeting Wednesday night. It was awesome. So you would bring a lamb. Say you sin. Good acting skills. I like it. Say you sinned, you sinned, you would have to bring a lamb to get forgiven. Now, this is what, it would have to be a spotless lamb. It couldn't be just, just any kind of lamb. And this is what the priest would do. The priest would take the lamb, and he would place your hand on its head, and they would believe that all the sins would go into the lamb, and they would have to sacrifice the lamb because there is a payment for sin. There needs to be a payment for sin. Am I right about it? Now, now, what they would do is they would sacrifice the lamb, and with that blood, and only that blood, could the priest go to the next level. Give Sheikah a hand. She's awesome. See, it says in Hebrews, it says in Hebrews 9.22, it says this. In fact, I'm sorry, let's, let's go back a little bit. Yeah, Hebrews 9.22 in fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified by blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. 
This is how God did it at the very beginning. Even when Adam and Eve sinned, God had to sacrifice an animal to be able to give them clothes so that they could be covered. And so what they believed was when, whenever you sacrifice a lamb, God would cover your sins. God would cover your sins. But he wouldn't eliminate. You still had issues. You still had problems. It wouldn't take care of the sin nature in you, but it would cover you so that a curse wouldn't come on your life. Now, being cursed by God, that's a big deal. I don't know about you, but I don't want God angry at me. And what they believed was that the anger of God would go into the lamb so that you could be covered. The anger of God would go into the lamb so that you could be covered. You say, well, God. How can God be uh, angry? How is God uh, a wrathful God? See, God is love. But if you love something, then you have to hate something. If you love something, you have to hate something. In other words, I love my kids, so I hate anything that's going to hurt them. I hate those things that are going to hurt my kids, so I, I, I try to get them away from those things. And God, he's a God of love, but he also, he's a righteous God. He's a holy God. He is a perfect God. Am I right about it? And see, the problem was that they needed a mediator, and, and the priest was the mediator. A priest was a mediator. In other words... Israelite said this. Let's look at it in Exodus 20, 19. You speak with us and we will hear, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. Now, listen, these people understood that the very presence of God will kill you because God is so great. Am I right about it? Now, and back in the day, they knew, like, if God's coming, you can drop dead because his presence is so strong. So they said, give us a mediator. Give us somebody that God speaks to and, and, and they can speak to us because we can't stand the presence. And what God did is he made priests. Now, priests' responsibility was to keep up with everything in the temple. Nothing could ever die out. The lamp couldn't die out. You couldn't run out of showbread. You couldn't run out of incense. You, everything would die. They would have to work constantly to begin to, to keep this thing going. Now, once a year, there was a high priest. They had Levites that were priests, but once a year, there was a high priest, and he is the only one that could go past the veil into the presence of God. He was the only one. I mean, he had to dress right. He had to do right. He had to, he had to purify himself before he ever got in there. It was a big deal because he was nervous. He was nervous because if he didn't do everything right by the letter, then God would strike him down. How many of you would be like, I'll pass on that? Get somebody else. I'll pass. I don't, I don't want to. And they would actually have to put a bell on his ankles and a rope tied around him in case he didn't do something right and God struck him dead with the presence that they would have to be able to, to get him back out. No thanks. I'll get somebody else to do that. Right? So God, God was in this place, but you had to be right. You had to be right to get in there. And what he would do in the mercy seat, he would actually have to bring the blood from there all the way to the presence, to the mercy seat. And, and it was here where he would atone for the sins of all the nation. Y'all tracking with me? It was here once a year where he would say, okay, 
I'm going to go in there and I'm going to pray for you guys because y'all are evil. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you guys. And if God accepts my prayer, then when I come out, you know that you're going to be blessed this year. But if he doesn't accept my prayer, there's a curse on this land. A big job. A big responsibility. And so he would go and he would intercede for the nation of Israel and God would accept his sacrifice if he had everything in line. And if God accepted his sacrifice, he would come out of the tent of meeting and he would begin to bless the people and the people would be blessed. Now you say, why are we going into detail about the, uh, the high priest and atonement and all these, uh, you know, different things? Because, because when we get a picture of it, we can step into it. When we get a picture of it, we can step into it. I got in trouble uh, when I, before I was saved, and uh, I was up at the, uh, I was in uh, another city, and I was, I was, uh, I, I was in trouble. <laughs> and uh, I was sitting there, and I could have been, I could have gone to jail, and I was, I was more scared about my dad finding out than even being there. I was like, he's going to tear me up. And uh, I'm there, and he actually had a, a, uh, a friend of his, it was actually a lawyer, he went straight up to the judge, he talked to the judge, and he was like, you can go. Now, I, I got it bad when I got home, but I, I needed a mediator, I needed somebody that came in that had favor with the judge to release me. How many of you know that you need favor with the judge? The only way you can get favor with the judge is not by your own works, but by believing in the blood of Jesus. It's not because you do so many good things. As a matter of fact, God says our works is like filthy rags. It doesn't mean anything. The only way that you can get into the presence is the blood of Jesus. Am I right about it? Now, we have to know, I love this. I love this scripture. It is just something that just every time I read it, I just, something goes down to my core. Can we read it, can we read it today? Mark 15, 37 through 39. This is when Jesus was on the cross. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite of him saw it, he cried out his last breath and he said, truly, this man was the son of God. Do you realize when Jesus shed his blood, there was literally, the, the earth turned black, there was an earthquake, and the veil of the temple was torn from the very top to the very bottom. Why is that? Because it was too tall for any man to be able to tear it from top to bottom. God said, I want you to know that I tore the temple. I'm going to tear it from the very top to the very bottom. So what, is that? what does that really mean? How many of you have played football before? Played football? I loved it. I love it. How many of you have seen a football game or you've been to a homecoming game? Any, anybody been to a homecoming game? Don't you love it? See, we would get fired up before we would break through this, um, like, banner. Do you remember that? It would say, like, homecoming and have your school's name on it. And they would have a banner out. You remember that? And, and what they would do is they would get the leader the, the team captain, and he would be the first one to break through the banner. Do you remember that? And what they were saying is, this is my house. We're home, and you're going to get defeated. That's what they were saying. Now, God, when the temple was torn, when he gave his life to God, this is what literally happened. Can I just have a couple guys up here, whoever feels comfortable? Nobody? Okay, good. Okay. 
<laughs> this is what happened. This is what God says happened when Jesus died. He shed his blood. It says that he made a way. Now, now the scholars and, and, and the Pharisees, they would call this outside part the way. This would be the truth, and this is the life. How many of you know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? You tracking with me? Now, this is what happened. It was a homecoming. Jesus shed his blood, and the Bible says that he went straight into the temple, and he began to knock down every barrier. He began to knock down every wall. Yeah, give God a hand. And it not only was he able to come, but us, the teammates, was able to follow him into the presence of God and begin to get changed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, guys. It was a homecoming. It was a homecoming. He went straight into the temple, and now we can go with him. Thank you, man. We can go with him. I love this scripture. Let's read it together. See, because Jesus was the lamb. Jesus was the lamb. He was the spotless lamb. He was the lamb that was slain. So he's God, this is what God said. No longer, no longer do you have to just have somebody that is elite to go into the presence of God. Everybody can enter boldly through the presence of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that is good news for me because I don't deserve it. I didn't do anything for it, but I know that I have to go to the altar. I got to go to Jesus and say it's by your blood. And faith in that blood makes me go in the presence of God. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter your pedigree. It doesn't matter. He died for all. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to just go into the presence of God right then and there. You know why we were able to follow him? Something supernatural happened when he died. And we see it in Ephesians 2, 8. It says this. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. How many of you believe? And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things that was planned long ago. How many of you are glad that you're able to have the plan of God and it's not our works. It was what the lamb did. It was what the lamb did. Now Jesus, Jesus, he said, I'll be the lamb, I'll be the priest. He said, I'll be a priest as well. Now, I want us to catch this, and we're going to close. If I can get somebody to come and play so everybody thinks we're about to close. That joke works every time. It's number three, Jesus was the high priest. Now, let's get this right here, and we're going to close on, on, on two more scriptures. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. Let me, let me make sure I got something here because I want to share something else with you too. It says this right here. It says in Hebrews 10, 11 through 12, it says, Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, aftering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, say high priest, offered himself to God 
as a single sacrifice for sins. As a single sacrifice. I wanted you to get this. As a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. Good for all time. Your past, your present, your future sins. When Jesus died on the cross, it paid for it all. You're free. Come on, you're free. Look at your neighbor and say, you're free. Hebrews 8, 12, it says, and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God will never again remember my sin. You say, well, be careful. Be careful, Pastor, because because if, if, if people really believe that God forgave all of your sins, then what's the point of living, living for God? I mean, what's the point? If God's already forgiven the sin, why don't you just go out and sin? So you missed the whole point. If you're asking that question, you haven't gotten a true revelation of what Jesus did on the cross. If God just saved us all, God just saved us all, he doesn't see our sin, well, then why don't we just go and live how we want to live? No, no, no. Because when you really see that your sins is on the cross, then you don't want to do them anymore. Your sin is grotesque. It, it is, it, the cross was not pretty. God was bloody. He was swollen. And when you recognize it was his payment that freed you, I'm not saying that you won't have temptations or struggles, but I am saying when you have a real revelation of what Jesus did, you don't want to go back there anymore. You say, no, 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 not what can I get away with. You say, no, how can I be in your presence? See, the presence takes care of it all. It takes care of you. You're trying to fix your problem. The presence will fix your problem. The presence will fix your problem. There is a story of a young girl that was sold into sex slavery, and she was abused, she was tattered, she was torn, she was bloody, people just abused her, took advantage of her, she was in chains, and they had somebody that went in and said, listen, I'm going to pay the payment for you completely. And she's like, great, another guy that wants to pay some money to abuse me. He said, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay the payment and you're going to be free forever. You can go and you can be free. And she looked at him in the eyes and said, I know that I can go and be free, but how can I leave the one that paid it all? How can I leave the one that paid it all for me? I'm not trying to run away from you. I, I owe it to you. I'm not trying to do my own thing. I owe it to you. I want to live close to you because without you, I would be abused. Without you, I'm in prison. Without you, there's no freedom. But with you, because of your love, because of your payment, I'm free. Some of you, you feel condemned because of what you did. Let me tell you, the veil is torn. The separation from you and God is torn. And because of the blood, when you have faith in the blood, you can go straight into his presence no matter where you've been. And you can feel God. You know, the Bible says that when he raised from the dead, he sat down at the right hand of the throne. See, the priest always had to stand. You couldn't sit. You'd die. 
priests always had the same. But Jesus, when he went into the Holy of Holies, when he made a way for us with heaven, he's the ladder. And you don't have to wait to die to go to heaven. You can be on, you can access heaven from earth right now. And this is what happened. Let's read this and we're going to close. Ephesians 2.6. Let's catch this. For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are unified with Christ. Jesus sat down. He said, it is finished. I've won the war. The enemy thought he had me when I put when he put me on the cross, but it actually shed my blood so that you can get back into the presence. And you you don't have to be away from me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make my enemies my footstool, and I'm going to sit down and I want you to sit down with me. I want you to sit down with me. See, a lot of people in the presence of God, they feel like they got to pray certain prayers. They feel like they got to be over spiritual. No, what you need to do is just sit with your heavenly father. You can sit with him. You're a part of him. He prepared a table for us, a banquet with us. See, back in the day, you didn't eat with just anybody. You only ate with the people you had covenant with. And we get to sit down at the table with Jesus, the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. We sit with him and we dwell in his presence continually. Okay, you say, well, I've messed up. Go to the blood. Go to the cross. You say, listen, I messed up. I feel out. I feel away from God. I've, I've tripped. I've fallen. Go right over here and say, God, I know I blew it. But... I believe in your cross, and I believe that I have faith and that you cleanse me with the blood so that I can worship freely, and now you're worshiping having the blood of Jesus backing you up. Your worship is at another level of worship. Your prayer is at another level of prayer. Your preaching is at another level of preaching because you don't have this condemnation in your subconscious. You're like, it's forgiven. It's over. Now when I worship, I worship in spirit and in truth. When I worship, I worship in freedom. When I lift my hands, it's because I've already got the victory. I'm seated with God. He knows the end of the story. And the end of the story is you with him. I'm going to worship freely. I'm going to burn for God freely. And I'm going to go right into the presence of God boldly with my spiritual VIP pass. And I'm going to sit down with God and say, I was born for this right here. I believe some of you, I, be, I believe some of you, you have shame. You don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel like you're qualified. But the truth is, the truth is, is that God has got you. He's got you covered. He's got you covered. Why worry when He's got you covered? Why worry when he's got you covered? See, in the day of Passover, a spirit of death was coming by, and only those houses with the blood of the lamb on them were covered. Now, I want to be the family that's in the house that's covered, that's not freaking out that the spirit of death is coming by. You say, well, I hope this blood works. I hope this. Listen, it worked. So you had two families. One family that was like, kid comes up to the dead, dead. The spirit of death is coming by. Every one of the firstborn is going to die. And he says, listen, 
We've got the blood of Jesus, no problem. Nothing's going to touch our house. You have another family. The son comes up and says, Dad, all the firstborn's going to die. And he says, well, I hope this blood works. I don't really know. Let's freak out all night and pray that we're going to. How many of you know both families get out all right? But one has peace in the blood and the other one doesn't truly believe. You got to know that God has got your problems. God sees the end from the beginning. He's got you covered, man. He's got you covered. There's no weapon that can be formed against you that will prosper. He's got your family covered. He's got your house covered. He's got your city covered. You got to stand on the blood of Jesus and begin to declare, he's got me covered. He's got me covered. If you say today, I need to get back in that presence. If we can't all collectively, we can just stand up together. Isn't he good? Maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God. He's got you covered. You got to go to the cross and say, I believe in your blood. I believe that the blood brings me into your presence. Forgive me. Cover me so that you don't see my sin. The Bible says that he sees your sin no more. You got to have faith in the blood. Today, if you say, you know what, I'm far away from God, I don't have a relationship with God. All you have to do is put your faith in the cross. That Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again, being seated at the right hand of the Father, praying for you right now, saying, come home. Come home. Come home. I've already paid it. I'm the lawyer, I'm the mediator, I already paid it. Come on home, come home to me right now. If you're saying in your heart right now, I need to come home. We're going to have a homecoming today. We're going to break together in, through this banner, and we're going to be in the presence of God together. Now the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. So it's important that you believe that on the cross he paid the price. And it's important that you say, God, not only do I believe, but I confess you are the Lord over my life. I need you. If that's you today, I want to say a prayer with you because the Bible says that if you just say that prayer, then you'll be saved. Your sins are gone from the east to the west. They're no more. He set you free. But you got to accept the gift. Some of you today, you feel like you're not good enough to accept the gift. Let me tell you, we, none of us are good enough to accept the gift. But you need to accept it today because he wants a relationship with you. And he's going to give you your divine destiny. You've been lost. You've been doing it your own way. And God's going to say, come, come up here and I'll show you. I'll show you why I created you. I showed you why I built you like I built you. And come with me. Come with your creator. I'm going to. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to teach you. If today you say, I don't have a relationship with God, if we can all over the room, if we can just close our eyes and bow our heads. You say, I don't have a relationship with God. I'm far away from him. Just say this prayer with me. Say this prayer with me. With everybody's eyes closed.
Say, Jesus, I'm sorry that my sins put you on the cross. I ask for forgiveness. I believe that you died, that you were buried, and that you are alive. And I want a relationship with you. I turn away from my sin. I want to live for you. I turn away from my own ways. I want your ways. I want your direction. Come on, if you said that prayer right now, if you said that prayer and you meant it, you believed it with your heart, with nobody looking around, I want you to just lift your hand, slip your hand up. If you believe, I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. Come on, you say, I, I made the decision. I see your hands. I see your hands in the front. Come on, boldly, just lift your hands and say, I made that decision today. Today, I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me. You can put your hands back down. People that said that prayer, how many of you know that there's going to be a homecoming? There's a homecoming. How about we go into the presence of God with them? Come on, if you're thankful for the blood of Jesus, just lift your hands right where you are. Begin to see what he did on the cross. If you begin to feel it, begin to wave, begin to wave right where you are. Say, by the blood of Jesus. Come on, say it with me. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Say, by the blood of Jesus. All my sins are forgiven. You can feel that, man. You can feel that. Some of you are feeling the presence of God for the first time in a long, long time. The chains are falling. Come on. He's forgiven your sins and he's healed you. You have access to heaven. Right now, you're going to feel the presence of God. You're going to feel close to God. And you got to know he's your healer. You got a broken heart. Go to God. He's going to heal it. You got some addictions, go to God. He's going to fix them. Come on, right where you are. Say, God, I, I come to you only because of you. I come to you. Heal me. Let your presence be real. You don't have to come to church to feel his presence. You need to feel his presence when you lay down at night and go to sleep. You need to feel his presence when you wake up in the morning. You need to feel his presence on the way to work. You need to feel his presence all day long. How? Because you believe in the blood that Jesus shed. And you can now abide, continually stay in his presence. Come on, if you're thankful for that, begin to, begin to thank him. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. Come on. We enter his courts with thanksgiving. Come on. Begin to thank him. Lord, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you that your blood set me free. I'm banking on the blood. I have faith in the blood. I don't have faith in my own ability, but I have faith that you're going to get me through it, that you see me on the other side already. And, Lord, I just need you with me. Even when trouble comes, I believe that I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. I believe right now, God, that you got me. You got me in your hands, and the enemy will not be able to snatch me away. I forever abide with you today because I have the secret and the secret is your blood. Come on, if you believe that, you should just give God a hand. If you believe that, give God a shout. You are good, God. You are worthy, Lord. You are perfect. We love you. We honor you. Come on, you can hug your neighbor and you can say, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. And tell him you're forgiven. <laughs>